Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So, so we're going like to be taking like a, a snapshot of a few, few moments across this series. I mean, you're the boss, you can do whatever you want. I've got questions, but you can lead us yeah, wherever fine. you want to lead us. But um, I, I wanted to ask you firstly, what's, what's impacted you about this whole experience of this series for you personally? It's a really good question. I think um, the, the thing that's impacted me is how costly it's been to me personally. I've really had to, I think, dig deep in a way that um, I wasn't really anticipating. Uh, in that, I'd had a lot of things inside me for many years. Um, that I'd not really talked about much. Uh, and then, you know, bringing all that out. And, you know, there are a lot of things, I mean, my wife would say to me that this is my problem. There's a lot of things that make sense in my head. So you've got to, you know, you've got to relay them in a way that is, is not just going to make sense to me, but is going to make sense to everybody that everyone can buy in and grasp something. And then I've, also been just so blessed with the, the creativity that people have brought. You know, it's been, it has been amazing to see what people have done, the ideas people have had. Yeah, it's, it's, it's blessed me to see that evolve over, over the weeks. And, you know, as, as you've been speaking, you've in, we've introduced a new paradigm, you've introduced a new paradigm, ABC yeah. of Well, and um, this many of us will be sitting here going, okay, what, how do you want us to run with this? What do you want us to do next? How do we take this forward? It's a burden. It's a burden to me because I don't want people just to um, see it as a series of messages. And it, it, because we do a series of messages in a context of a series of messages, then it can be received like that. But it's, it's not that. It's, it's the way we see the gospel. It's the way we see church. It's the way... We see doing life. And, and for me, that is, that is probably key that I want people to understand that when we talk about this stuff, we're not just talking about a new trendy way of doing church. It's, it's nothing to do with it. In fact, we may have repackaged one or two things, but the, the message is is unchanged. The gospel will do what the gospel will do. But this is a way of, of living life. It's, it's, it's a way, it's, it's, it's a life perspective. But it's, it's helping us understand that it provides within it the tools to live our best life. Yeah. Can, can I interrupt, Pastor? You said the gospel will do what the gospel will do. But do you think in our understanding sometimes we stop the gospel oh, doing yeah. what the gospel... I, I really do. I think that we have really limited that many times over the years um, in that the gospel, everyone thinks it's awesome, but it's been a quite a lot about what we stop doing. So I'm a Christian now. Oh, I used to do this and I used to do that and I used to go there, but I came to Jesus. I don't do all that stuff. And it came a little bit about what we don't do, probably more than it should have, rather than what we, what we do do. 
And what the gospel does, if you were here last week, you'd have seen uh, me uh, making Tando look hench in all those jackets. But the gospel peels off the layers that has hidden me, my pain, my bitterness, my mistakes. The gospel peels all that and, and reveals the real me. The real me is the way God saw me when I was being formed in my mother's womb. Uh, that the, God, the same God who saw me in my mother's womb had a plan for my life. And, and yes, there's a lot of stuff of life that would hinder me and you being who we were born to be. But the gospel recalibrates us. It brings us back to who we should be, who we could be in God. So this isn't going away, this message. It wasn't a, it's not a... Just a series. No. This is the start, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's... I think if you don't get this about us, if you don't get that we want... We're not just trying to build a church. We're not just trying to build a big church. You know, we are... We're trying to build people. We're trying to build lives. And... I know some people are going to say and you know that they prefer a smaller setting and all that sort of thing. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of was probably a bit more apologetic at one time, but I'm not, I don't apologize for this. I want, I want to build unapologetically a church of thousands of people. A th- um, and, and we'll build family within it. Because I think that, I think that whether we like, is every church called to be that? Probably not. But I believe that someone somewhere has got to wake people up to the fact that Jesus is alive. And he, he is making a difference. And I don't, I'm just going to, Claire, just get them to, to put up the, the disco ball. We, we showed this um, during our uh, time with um, beauty and, oh sorry, creativity. It was the beginning of creativity, wasn't it? And although this wasn't the point, when, when I saw this, uh, it reminded me um, of when, what it, kind of a little bit of what it must have been like when God brought Abraham outside his tent. And he saw the stars. God showed him the stars and said, so shall your descendants be. So when I talk about big church, I'm talking about we live in a world with thousands of people. You know, Lynn and I were out Christmas shopping on Friday. She managed to drag me out into town. It's, It's not often I walk around town, but you know, just to see thousands of people lost people and you know I like I, I don't get to say Lawrence I don't get to say I want a little church I don't get to say oh I don't know you know what I love what I feel what I need I don't get to say that I get to say there are thousands millions of people who need to hear the truth of Jesus Christ and if we're not telling that truth who is we need to do it what what, what I prefer 
is of no consequence whatsoever. You know, when, when, you're in, when you're in a state of emergency, it, preferences go out of the window. You just do what you've got to do. And, you know, as I, I look around, I was just reminding, you know, like, it was when, when God mentioned to Abraham, you know, about like, it was an impossible thing. And I'm sat here today saying, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But when I, when I look at, at this, it, and it, each one representing a soul, I'm not just talking, I'm not just talking about helping people to get into church. I'm talking about helping people to do life, to live their best life. And, and, and it goes beyond church. So I think that, I think that, for me, I want to help humanity. And I also would be thrilled if those people find Jesus as well. But I'm, we're not just going to help people that find Jesus. We're going to help everybody try and live their best life. Do I think that you can only really live your best life if you follow Jesus? I do. I, I think that Jesus is the answer. But, but I also think that we as followers of Jesus have a responsibility to be salt and light and minister to society so that we, we, we model that Jesus is a better way. We don't just chat about Jesus being a better way. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. I'll, have a, I'll calm that down. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, there's been many significant moments in the series. I, I loved when we talked about um, the prophet Samuel anointing yeah. David. And then we had an opportunity to anoint uh, right, church, right, um, with oil. That was a significant moment. It was. Um, I loved all that. This is why I ended up with twenty pages of notes because we've had quite a few powerful moments. Um, I wanted to remind us, really, that we're nothing without the anointing of God. You know, we can get clever with all this stuff. And I love it. I don't, again, I don't apologize for any of this. This is the world we live in. This is how we interpret the gospel in the time and season that we live. A lot of this is just to help people who are unchurched engage with the message that we are carrying. But this isn't it. Some people are going to misjudge us because they think that, you know, that, that we're trying to, hype things up but well, certainly I, I don't mind hyping Jesus because he's worth hyping he's 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 absolutely amazing but to help us understand unless the Lord builds a house the builders labor in vain we need the anointing we need the presence of God I don't need I don't need just a clever message I don't need a nice presentation like, like that there's nothing wrong with that stuff but if you think that's the answer, that's it. It's not it. It's we need the presence of God. We need, we need, I don't know about you, but I need God who, I need, I need a God who gives me miracles. I need a God who I can call upon, who I don't need Christian entertainment. You know, I don't need to be entertained. I need, I need, I need some real answers for some real problems in my life and I just believe there are a lot of other people who are also looking for real answers to their real problems and I believe that Jesus has those answers and that's not just about going to church going to church is only part of the answer I want people to go to church but it's actually what I do away from church that's going to make the real difference 
to my life, the, the way, the decisions that I make with, in my marriage, the decisions that I make in bringing up my children, the decisions that I make at work, it's, it's, it, that, those are the things that make me, make me a follower of Jesus. And, and, and they are the ones that are going to have the greatest impact. So I see, yes, church is a place where we engage with God, but it's also a place where we're equipped. And we're given the tools to live my life, but also to, to help others live their best life. And I love that. I love it. It was a, such a great reminder that, as you said, we've all got an anointing. It's not, it's not about, we talk about anointed worship or anointed preaching, but that the anointing is meant right. for everyday life people living their lives out in the world. Totally. This is, this is why the devil made such an incredible mistake in, in crucifying Jesus. Because he thought he'd killed the problem and instead he created the problem. Because Jesus, the bread of life, the living bread of life was broken, but he was multiplied. Just in the same way that that bread had been multiplied to feed the 5,000, now 5,000, now Jesus, the, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within each one of us. So now, instead of in one person going around healing the sick, casting out demons and doing good, now we have got millions of people with that same Spirit because that Spirit has been multiplied. We are the, the hands and feet, the body of Christ on the earth. That is, we, we are called to live at that level. That's why we're not called to hide. That's why, that's why the devil doesn't mind when we are, when we, he'll stuff everybody into church and keep them there. That's fine. Just, just stay there. Just keep those people in there. Because if we can contain, if we can, if we can get them to um, not understand what they're carrying, if we can get them just to think that they're weak and, and sinful and inferior and, and we get them focused on what they're not, then we can keep... The devil doesn't mind how many people we've got in church. As, as, as long as we're hiding from the world. But what he doesn't want us to realise is what we have got, who we truly are in Jesus, because that is the message that changes the world. Excellent, excellent. Um, I loved the week on beauty, where you wore a crown hey. during your message. It looks great, by the way. Thanks, bro. Have, have you got it here or? I haven't. Um, I thought I might start wearing it. Can we just work. arrange for that? Yeah, like, just get that's on. Okay, it. thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, no, but um, as part of that message, um, you had an opportunity. We had an opportunity again to respond and wear yeah. the crown and get prayed for. Many people took up that opportunity. Why do you think that resonated with so many people? Yeah. I mean, obviously, within that, everyone would have had their own individual experience. And, and that's the lovely, that's the beautiful thing about a moment like that is that it's not, people aren't responding to the same thing. They've all got their own story. But I think that that message of beauty for ashes is incredibly powerful because we've all got ashes. I do think that there is a resonance in us that helps us understand there's something about me that's supposed to be beautiful. I may have done some ugly things, but there's something about me that's supposed to be beautiful. And 
when I lose hope that that might be true, then that makes me recede into a world, an ugly world that I was never meant to be part of. And one of the things that I talked about was, you know, I think it's interesting that it was a crown of beauty. It wasn't a cloak of beauty. It wasn't beautiful footwear. It was a crown. And I think it's because the crown goes on the head. And it's, it's to do with the way I think, the way I perceive God and the way I perceive myself. And, you know, it's this, you know, I've got to stand up for this bit, but I don't know, there's just, even if it's a, even if it's a fancy dress crown, it's not a real crown, but when you put a crown on, there's something that makes you stand a little taller, push your shoulders Put your shoulders back. You feel a little bit more confident. And, and of course, that is the way we're meant to live our life. That's what the gospel should do for us. It's not, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm just being, humility is being who I truly am. Who God has truly made me to be. God, you know, I think that is an, uh, something that the, the gospel People have perceived the gospel to be that, oh, I'm supposed to be a, a, a Christian. Hide away. You know, hide who I really am. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I glorify Jesus. You glorify Jesus when you are the fullest, most beautiful version of who He made you to be. But I need, I need, my, think, I need my thinking changing. I need my, my perceptions of what Jesus has done for me changing. I need to think in a different way way, understand that, 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 that Jesus isn't trying to quiet me down, but He is trying to release my true voice. You know, we do a lot of, we do a lot of talking, but, but we've each got a true voice that is, is, is meant to build up and encourage and, and speak blessing and, and, and release and freedom into people's, into people's lives. And I, so I think that, that, it's an understanding that, that God sees us as that. God sees that you're beautiful. I think there's too many of us that don't feel beautiful. We've, we've kind of limited beauty to what's on the outside. You know, the way you look, what the, the media, the world would say about beauty. But... This beauty is a beauty I carry on the inside. And I think, you know, Jesus said, didn't he? He said that I want you to love others as you love yourself. And a lot of people focus on the, the love others bit, but they forget they've got to love themselves. And I think that's possibly because we forget that I only am truly going to love others if I've learned to love me, if I've learned to accept me. And I learn to love and accept me from the place that I'm loved and I'm accepted. And, and, and Jesus wants you to know that. You, you, you are loved. When Jesus looks at you, he doesn't see your mess. He doesn't see your mistakes. He sees the you that you're meant to be. The you that he knew while you were being formed 
in your mother's womb. And, and he loves you. And it's like, the first thing we want to do is go, yeah, no, I'm, oh, but look, you know. It's like when, you know, someone, it, it's, it's like someone's, I mean, I, I say that all the time. I, I'm saying, oh, that top looks nice, or you look nice, or your hair looks nice. I'm that kind of guy. I just notice all that kind of stuff. Too often people say, oh, I, yeah, I got, it. I got it in the sale, you know, or, oh, it's old. It's old. I just thought, that, I didn't ask where you got it. I didn't ask how much it cost. I didn't ask, you know, how old it was. I just, you look good today. And too many of us, we just, we, we maybe not always do that with our clothes, but we, we, we try and minimise who God has made us. And that's not, the gospel liberates us. And if I love me, and if I know I'm accepted, if I know after all I've done, after all I've done, after all the areas I've stuffed up, after all the times I've got it wrong, if I know that I'm loved and accepted, then that's not a much greater chance of loving and accepting you. Because I know where I would be. You know, I know what I deserve. And I know what He gives me. And I don't deserve what He gives me. And then I'm, but then I'm called to a life where I give others what they don't deserve. The love, the acceptance and the forgiveness. Because that's what God has done for me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You took us on a journey like back in time and showed us a picture of a cathedral to, to showcase how important yeah. um, environments of beauty are. I did. I thought this was uh, amazing. I love the fact that we, uh, we turned the room into a cathedral. Yeah. I think that I wanted to just illustrate the fact that um, in history, People have tried to create an environment where people can encounter God. They've used, you know, they've used light, but through stained glass windows. They've, they've used haze machines, but those days it was incense. So it, it, it's not even new what we're doing. We're just doing it in a different way. But it's about, it's about environments of encounter. And now I'm not talking about preference because we've all got different preferences. You know, you may love or not love. Uh, you know, sometimes it becomes about the music or whatever. You can't, you know, you've got to, I suppose, look at us in the macro. You've got to look at us in the breadth of what we are. You know, I don't think there's, there's, no, there's no perfect church out there. Uh, no one gets it completely right, but we're all, we're all bringing what we can to the party. And this is what we bring. This is our contribution to the mix. And this is here because of what God has put in me. Um, people would sometimes imagine that we only play the songs that I love. Um, you'd be surprised what I play in the car. My wife often says, what's this? Because I don't... I, the, way, the way I engage with God away from here might be a little bit, because I'm a raging introvert, which would be a surprise to some of you, but it's absolutely true. And I have, I have a much more, perhaps gentle, more meditative style in my personal time with God. But I also love these moments of encounter, you know, because, because I, I, I and, and you could, 
You can decide to do whatever you decide to do. You, you, you is a very loose concept. When people say, oh, that's not me, you don't know what's you. You, you can do whatever you decide to do. But if you decide it's not you, then it won't be. But every one of us could pray, Lord, you know, Lord, you know me, Lord. This isn't really my preference, but I pray you help me to get something out of this experience. Any experience you go in, I can go in any experience and believe that God is going to give me something special out of that. So we, we, we're trying to create an environment that firstly bridges the gap between church and the world. So we are, we are trying to make an environment. And, and you've got to understand, this is not easy to do. It's not easy to create an environment where you can come in from the outside and feel uncomfortable. Sorry, feel comfortable. But, but you then could have been here for years and feel comfortable. And, and everyone engage at different levels. There's a whole plethora of engagement. Um, and all we're, we're, we're doing right from the car park to the atrium we are seeking to create environments where we can, we can catch somebody. You might not love the car park, but you might love here. You might not love here, but you might love the atrium. You might, I don't know. You, there's somewhere where you're going to engage and, and, and catch something of what we're trying to communicate about the beauty and the wonder of who God is. So we're hoping, trusting that you find God in the welcome in the car park, the welcome at the front door, the welcome here, the environment of worship, you know, the word, the conversation in the atrium, the greeting at the hello point, wherever, you know. So we're just creating as many opportunities as we can to do that. One of my favourite weeks was, well, if I was going to pick one, was the week on creativity and Partly because I thought the way you handled it was so brilliant. Because you took, maybe took us by surprise because maybe people are thinking you're going to talk about painting or drawing or dancing, which you touched on, but you took us back to Genesis and talked about the power of our voice and the fact that yeah. God got Adam to name the animals and then talked about the fact that Jesus made breakfast for the disciples, but he created an environment of restoration for Peter. And yeah. I found that was so powerful. And, you know, just speaking to... Um, I was just speaking to Kirsty as, as adventure kids have been, as mm. many parents will know, have been going through this series as well. And, and even kids, young kids saying, well, I'm not that creative. Right. And them being able, I thought, what an amazing thing that we get to help them understand what creativity is at a young age so they don't become adults who don't think they're not creative, but that yeah. creativity is not about being artistic. So I just love that, that that... You can think that somebody older would say that, but then these kids were saying that. And then we right. got a chance to, to do that. But I just thought that whole concept of, yeah, he's just making breakfast and the whole idea of God giving us a voice and he's using it was very powerful. Because that speaks to what I can do. See, again, it breaks my heart that kids are already focused on what they can't do. You, you, some of us, we've decided we can't do it before we've even given it a go. We haven't even tried. We've said, I can't do that. And, and yet the gospel is so empowering. Jesus, by his spirit, is so empowering. It's about what I can do. I might not be able to, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be singing solo anytime soon. I know I did on Vision Sunday. I was, I was good. Yeah, I was forced into it. But, 
you know, I like to sing. Uh, I can hold a tune, but I can't. You know, I'm not, it, because it's not, I love it, but it's not, it's not my, my God-given gift, as it were, like some people. But there are other things I can do. That, that spoken word was incredible. I don't know if people, Pastor Malcolm wrote that. That, that was amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. No, seriously. Yeah. You're and annoying. It's <laughs> getting this out here in front of us. <laughs> no, it's good. You, you just, I'm finding this a cathartic experience. I'm loving that. Um, I think that, so I, I love. Wait, let me just stop because I'm not just saying that. I, I, I won't just say stuff. We all understood that was a brilliant. I'm just checking it wasn't me. You think I'm being sycophantic? That was. I thought it was outstanding. Yeah. Come on, give it up for Pastor Malcolm. <laughs> Daniel on the music as well. That was great. Get those credits in there. Come, Come on. on. I heard that Daniel Newcomb was doing a pretty good impression of me earlier during rehearsal. Yeah, we got Daniel Newcomb. Uh, uh, yeah. To be me. And apparently he was better than me in certain bits. We'll take that offline, Pastor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that... Um, I can't even remember what the question was now. It was to do with creativity, right? And there's all fine. Talk about things you can't do, but the things, there are things you can do. Yeah, being engaging. So when I'm talking about creativity, when I'm talking about your voice, I'm talking about who you truly are. I'm not talking about what you do for a living. You know, now if you are one of those blessed individuals that, that what you do for a living is who you really are, then that is amazing. But some of us, we earn money, but it's not who we, we earn money in a way that isn't who I really am. And, uh, and that's just, you know, just life uh, for some of us. And I understand that, certainly had to do it myself. But at the same time, we still have to engage with who, the God-given part of me. What does that mean? And that is for me, you know, it's not, if I'm a person, then I'm creative. Because God has made every one of us creative. Because the nature of the creator is in us. What that creativity looks like is going to be different in so many of us. But, but we all can do something in some way. So, you know, we're not all arranging flowers and painting pictures and, you know, doing needlepoint or something like that. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's about us engaging with who God has actually made us to be and, and understanding that that version of ourselves is when I'm going to be the happiest, the most fulfilled. I don't know if you remember, I said, you know, what do you do? that uh, causes you to not look at your phone very often? What do you do where time just flies and you've forgotten to eat and you've forgotten to drink because you're just so, you know, absorbed in what you're doing? Well, when, I think when you find those moments when you're absorbed like that, this little inkling in there, that there's something going on here that is beyond the task, then I'm engaging with a deeper part of me. Let's just touch on that just for a few more moments because I think for some of us in this in the room, and I think I'd um, I'd put myself in that bracket for a certain part, engaging what, what, with what you're most passionate about is for some people. Some of us it, that was a challenging thing to think about and yeah. engage with because maybe I don't know for different reasons to kind of go there or maybe I don't know for like this plethora of reasons why it can be a challenge, but. I think sometimes we, again, going back to what the gospel is about, I think we minimise that thinking that's not important to God. True. And I think it's all, you see, the reason why this goes so deep and why it's, it's also about a process is that 
some of us still yet, we don't know who we are. We come to church. We love Jesus. We're fans of Jesus. We sing the songs. But the message that he has brought has not truly sunk into my soul. So if I'm here still carrying all the layers that Tando was wearing last week, trying to think of myself as creative or trying to, try to engage with that deep part of me, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm trying to engage with a version of myself, someone who I've become, but it's not who I am. So that's why I was encouraging people to, to you know, and, and please, and don't wait for years. You know, come to Jesus, get baptised and go on Freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ is a course we run to help you understand the wonders and the depth of that which Jesus accomplished for you personally so you can get rid of all your layers, get rid of all your baggage and crack on. We're not, you know, Jesus doesn't want us to carry some of this stuff around for years. And, you know, just to be clear, you know, I have. I've, some of the, it's been in the last five years, really, that I have engaged with um, the truest part of who I am. I'd like, you know, I don't want to focus on that too much because it's not really helpful. But, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it took that long. But that's just my story. I'm not going to waste more time wondering now, why did that take long? You know, I'm just going to crack on with what God, what God has uh, given me. But I hope that that encourages some people to say, why am I waiting? Why, why, what am I waiting for? Let me, you know, get, get the rooms cleared out. Get the cupboards cleared out. Get the stuff cleared out. You know, don't hold on to it. Life really is too short to hold onto that stuff. So it's about getting rid of that stuff so that I can begin to engage. And it, it can be a very vulnerable thing, which is what I'm hearing in what you're saying. Yeah, because, it can be scary. To... Yeah, like, who am I then? If I'm not that, who am I? You know, like, we, we stick to what we know. We stick to what we're familiar with. It's, you know, or we might say, oh, well, it's too late for me now. I'm too old. Oh, I've, it's been, if I've been like this this long, I'll, I'll just carry on. The Lord understands. Well, you know, will you still get to heaven? Yes. But will you live the kind of life that God wanted you to live? I'm not sure because He wants you to be the most healed, the most free version of yourself. You know, don't accept second best. Don't accept third, fourth, fifth best. You've got you've to understand that, that Jesus loves you and you've got to love yourself enough to say, you know what, if Jesus loved me that much, that He died on a cross so I could live the best life. I don't want to leave anything out there that is unused, untapped into. If I was worth dying for, then I'm going to live the best life that I possibly can. This journey of the ABC of WOW started for you in 1983. Talk to us about that. It did. It did. Which, you know, is... It's interesting that God sows seeds into your life. I think we get too hung up sometimes on 
understanding. I realized there's so much about my journey that I just didn't understand at the time when God said it to me. But it has come to pass, is coming to pass. And um, back in 1983, at the back of a chapel at Great Walstead School, where in Sussex, where we were having a youth camp, we went as a youth from what was then the Christian Centre. Uh, and they ran this youth camp over the summer. And I sat at the back of the uh, chapel speaking to a young girl about the fact that God had spoken to me from uh, Luke 4. It was actually Jesus quoting Isaiah 61 in Luke 4. I was speaking to the girl because I, I fancied her. And I was... Pulled out the scriptures. I see what he did there. Come nice on. move. Wanting to think, you know, wanted to think I was a man of God and all that sort of thing. How did it go down? It went... I married her. So... I don't know. Worked out pretty well. Young men, take note. <laughs> maybe don't use the same scripture if the Lord's not spoken to you. It might not go. Right. Otherwise, they might catch on. Um, and I knew that God had spoken to me, but, and I then, in that moment, I, I'd been saved about 20 weeks. Honestly, I didn't know which way it was up or down. Do you know what I mean? I was just trying to look like I did. And, um, but, and I find that fascinating now, that, that God sowed something into me then, that actually 35 years later, but needed to marinate in a life, for 35 years in order for me to, to bring that out over these, the last couple of years, really. And um, so it's, that's why when we talk about it being so much more than a message, you know, it absolutely is. It represents our lives. It represents my life. It represents how God has dealt with us and molded us. And shaped us. And it put me in mind, if you don't mind, can I lead into the next you bit? You can do what you need to do, yeah. No, so I was, I was thinking, because you know, one of the things about, one of the things about youth camps is that, um, you know, you have opportunities to commit your life, recommit your life. Uh, and I was, I was reflecting on the fact that maybe we don't do that as much these days like we used to. And I thought, well, maybe that's something that's not so great. Maybe we do need to create moments like that again because they were life-changing moments. Like I took those moments incredibly seriously. I'm here because of those moments where I came, when I came forward, when I came forward, uh, I was coming forward to say, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I'm giving, I'm giving my life to you. Everything that I am belongs to you. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I, I didn't realise that everybody didn't necessarily think like that. But I believe that there are people here today who do think like that. It's like, God, 
haven't got it all sorted. I've still got stuff in my life I need to get sorted. Still working on stuff. But I do want my life to count. I want, I want to live for you. I don't always know how to do that. I don't always get it right. But the Lord knows all that. He gets all that. And one of the things I've learned down the years, of course, is, you know what? I was never supposed to get it all right. He knows I can't get it all right without Him. It's almost like He's saying, stop talking. It's all, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you, but I'm going to help you. I know you don't get it all. I know you're not what you could be, should be yet, but I'm working on that. I'm going to help you get, I'm going to help you fulfill your dreams. I thought it'd be just really cool, you know, uh, if, if in a moment we, we gave ourselves one of those moments for, for anyone here who felt like me all those years ago. I don't really know who I am yet. I don't know what I could do, can do. I don't know whether you can use me, but I just give you everything. We did that. We did that 35 years ago. And I want you to know, don't kid yourself. It's not all been easy, but I've never regretted a single second of that decision. We've got our vision booklet here, Lawrence. It's our... I was just, as we came to the end, I'm going to stand for this bit. As we came to the end of our series, I just went back over it. But these, we, we gave these out on Vision Sunday. It's an awesome book, actually. It's really awesome. And I wrote, I wrote some things at the beginning here. Seems like a long time ago now when I wrote this, but... Um, this is what I wrote. It says, vision is not to do with sight alone, but insight and foresight also. The prophet Habakkuk understood this well and, and I love the way the message puts it in Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 3. We see that vision guides and unites us together with focused energy. We pursue the things God has said to us. This is absolutely about heart church and what we believe we are called to. But it's also absolutely about you. This book may be aimed at your eyes, but its content is aimed at your heart. Its pages may be silent, but its call is loud and clear. The paper is new, but the message is as ancient as the cross of Calvary. The gospel can transform your whole life, all your life. So much more than inspiration, it is an invitation to break, to break ranks with the ordinary and the tame and embark on an extraordinary adventure of faith. This is not just about a church. The ABC of WOW is, as the poem at the end of the book references, a clarion call to the ordinary and the unremarkable who have met an extraordinary and remarkable God. This book and its message will unapologetically challenge what you do with your life. 
where you live, how you define success, and maybe even what you believe about following Jesus. At the time of writing this, it is almost exactly 35 years since I lay on my bed in my rented flat and gave my life to Jesus. Within a couple of years, I had met and married my wife and for better or for worse, we devoted our lives to Jesus and each other. Our passion for Jesus has taken us well beyond the boundaries of our comfort zone. But in so doing, He forged in us an unwavering confidence that God is able. I believe that we live in unprecedented times and our city and even the nation await not just a message, but a movement. A people who are not just waiting for a move of God, but are prepared to be a move of God. A people who have been wowed by Jesus and are living wow lives. As it turns out, something so beautiful and profound could be just as simple as A, B, C. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.